This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One of the big questions is what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting in our early episodes, where we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. On today's episode, we'll give you a complete rundown on the Token 2049 event that Blake and I attended in Singapore last week. Sneak peek, it was pretty amazing. Then we'll get into a number of big stories over the past few weeks, including Yuga Labs producing a movie, Binance are in hot water again, the Friend Tech Field Day, and we can't miss out on more FTX shenanigans. So stay tuned. My name's Tracy, and I'm joined by my pals, Blake and Craig, as we catch up on the crypto news. Hey, guys, how you going? Very well, Trace. Back in the swing of things this week. How are you? Yeah, good. After a week off. Did you miss us, Craig? <laughs> yeah, sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was convincing. Thanks, I've got extreme FOMO um, from the group chat mm. photos that you were sending and the talks that you guys went to that looked like a lot of fun. And I wish I went, but... Maybe next year. Yeah, definitely. Definitely next year. Maybe we should just dive straight in then and talk all about the Token 2049 conference, which is the largest annual digital asset events in Asia and Europe. And this year, it was bringing together the leading voices and the most sensational projects in Web3. And we did. We had an awesome time. Singapore is amazing. It was my first trip to Singapore. And Blake, give us your initial impressions and what you loved about the event. Yeah, so this is probably the biggest crypto conference in Asia, really. And I think about 10,000 people um, came to the main event itself. Uh, but then there were also about 400 side events, more mm. than you could pick or even <laughs> Too many. Too many. Too many. Really. Mm. And really, I think it's an, an industry-focused event. You know, there weren't that many no retail, retail no. coming along. Um, tickets were priced accordingly. Uh, and yeah, it was an incredible event. They brought the who's who of the crypto industry to speak, talk about where you know, their projects are at and what the future looks like, the state of regulation and where we are in the market cycle. And uh, it was fascinating to be there learning and hearing about how everyone else in the industry is thinking. And there was certainly no 
indication of us being in a bear market. Oh my God, no, it was money, wasn't it? it Mate, just... it was out of control. <laughs> um, you know, the big exchanges were, were splashing cash around. Mm. Uh, the Formula One was on at the same time. Yep, so, yep. you know, lots of people. Added um, a bit of excitement, didn't it? Yeah, mm. we're coming over for that. And uh, yeah, we could probably, you know, maybe give us your high level thoughts, Trace, and then we can get into um, a couple of the interesting things that we learned. Yeah, look, I think it was a really vibrant atmosphere. There were some excellent speakers. I was impressed with the setup and um, the event ran really smoothly, trying to get 10,000 people in over two days. You know, you'd expect a few hiccups, but there wasn't. I thought it was pretty it was pretty well done. You know, there was a real big emphasis on, on building. And like you said, you certainly didn't feel like you were in a bear market at all. There was just money being splashed everywhere, lots of giveaways. You know, certainly went trying to get a bit of merch to make Craig feel jealous. Definitely got a few to pop into the chat. What about the talks, guys? Like, which one was your most impressive project, most impressive person that you saw? Yeah, there's a couple that really stood out for me. Firstly, there was a, a talk on stable coins, looking at the data and the adoption rate. What was really interesting is that you know, even through this bear market, the stable coin adoption rate has um, is increasing um, as you know the crypto prices go down and, and less activity happens on on chain and on exchanges. And this is really pointing towards the utility of stable coins uh, and what they're going to mean for the future. And importantly, what was recognised in that talk was that in the US, US-based stablecoins are being used less and less and offshore and algorithmic stablecoins are being used more and more. And this is really because of the regulatory pressure um, in the US market. People um, don't want to interact with US businesses, essentially. Uh, and, you know, probably the second most interesting talk that I saw was, you know, the founders Layer of, 2. Yeah, the Layer that 2 one. That was my favourite, yeah. That yeah. was interesting. I didn't think I'd love it as much as I did, but I think me and you both sat there and was like, this is really interesting. Who was at the yeah, we had the founder, founder of Polygon, the founder of Arbitrum, Arbitrum, and the founder of ZK Sync. Yep. You can see that the ZK Sync group, probably the most technologically advanced, and that's a scaling solution that uses zero knowledge protocols um, on top of Ethereum. Uh, and yeah, definitely the most advanced, you know, scaling solution on top of Ethereum. Secondly, your Arbitrum, um, you know, is very focused on, on research and creating a really great product that anybody could use. And then of course, Polygon's focus is on business development and getting adoption from Web2 companies. So coming at it from three very different angles there, mm. um, but all for the same purpose of increasing adoption and scalability of the layer ones. I really like that layer two talk. and But much like a music festival, you had to pick who you wanted to see because they're all overlapping. There was, you know, there was a main stage upstairs, another one downstairs. There was a few different talks. I ended up stumbling into um, the Neo founder, do his chat, which was in really interesting. I, I quite liked that one. And for everyone's um, information, Neo is a layer one blockchain that was founded in China. Um, very much focused on, you know, being a, an Eastern um, kind of competitor to Ethereum or, or, or Solana. You guys remember the Chinese Ethereum narrative and it pumped <laughs> Neo like, like been 200 Been X. around for a long time. Yeah, so you just kind of – but there was a lot of stands, um, a lot of people, you know, shilling a lot of different things and, you know, you could kind of get lost there for a while. But I, it, there, there was a strong push for mainstream adoption through Web3 and gaming and I think that mm. was on a lot of panel discussions uh, and a lot of side um, events were also pushing that. I know Animoca Brands had a lot of big events as well. So I think that was a big focus also. I think we didn't get to see him, but Robbie from Immutable was over there speaking as well. 
Mm. Now, was there one project that you didn't hear of that sort of came across a token at the conference? Like, was there a project that you put into your watch list since that Not really. just the big dog just reinforcing mm. there? Yeah, just talking about where the innovation is moving, you know. And one thing that really stood out to me is that you know, the regulation conversation just isn't that prominent in Asia because the mm, regulation in Asia, mm. the regulation in Asia, there's no issues. And, you know, I think that we can easily have a US centric um, point of view sometimes. Um, but in Asia, they're ready to do business there. You know, there's lots of investment happening. There's lots of deals happening. There's lots of growth happening. And some of those stories we'll talk about in today's episode. All in all, the event was memorable one for us and worth attending for our team. And it really did reinforce, you know, our love for the industry and just how far we have all come. And so if anyone's referenced, Token 2049, the next event will happen in Dubai in early 2024, in April, I believe. So you can you can check that one out. In April? That's only like six months away. I know. I did say to Blake that I thought that was quite soon. I think they have multiple events, you know, they have them in different regions. Mm, there you go. Well, I'll go to that one for the Crypto Curious <laughs> community off by the flag. <laughs> Cheers. Now, folks, we're going to mix it up a little bit this week and we're going to cut out our short, sharp news bites at the end and we're going to go to a few bigger stories because, as you know, we missed our show last week, so we're going to cover off a few bigger stories, starting with Franklin Templeton, a large asset manager who has joined the race for the holy grail, the spot Bitcoin ETF. As we've previously reported, the aim of many of these leading institutions applying for the ETF is to attract large institutional investors which could potentially bring trillions of dollars into the crypto industry. So Franklin Templeton's ETF will be uh, based on a mix of crypto exchange Bitcoin prices to deter price manipulation. So just another big boy entering the space and solidifying the general thesis that it is inevitable that this uh, Bitcoin spot ETF will happen. There you go, boys. What else are we going to touch on that's happened in the last few weeks, Craig? Yeah, so last week, Vitalik, the Ethereum founder, he had his Twitter or X account hacked and he shared a malicious link and it actually led to just under $700,000 that was drained from people's wallet. So it was just a scam. People connected their wallet, got drained. But it was coming from his official Twitter. Right, okay. Um, This was due to a SIM swap attack. Right. So these big dogs, even they get hacked. So Mm, stay... Stay on it. Stay safe, everybody. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we had that story a couple of weeks ago where you know, uh, people's private keys were being stolen from their password manager, which had a vulnerability. So you know, even when you're doing best practice activities, you know, um, sometimes you're still not safe. Mm. Can't trust anything. All right, next up we have a story that came out on the 13th of September. So FTX um, received approval from the US bankruptcy court to sell and hedge its crypto holdings valued at $3.4 billion. That's a lot of bloody crypto. This is when everyone was freaking out about where they were going to drop their mm. Solana. Mm. Yep. Yeah, so we talked about Galaxy Digital was engaged to um, help, which is a big uh, crypto-focused asset manager, mm-hmm. to help the liquidators or the administrators sell down these assets. So uh, what they have is $1.16 billion worth of Solana. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have $560 million in Bitcoin and the rest in other tokens. So, uh, you know, this is a little bit concerning. I think the Bitcoin market could probably absorb 
um, you know, the sell down of $560 million of Bitcoin over, you know, a period of time. But what's the market cap, Craig, of Solana? Well, Solana is still, you know, in the billions. Let me just fact check. But um, they can't sell all the Solana at once. All There's going to be $9.2 million of Solana released for them to sell every month, which I think okay. is fine. So not all the Solana will be dumped in the market, but they have an $8 billion market cap. Yeah. Um, and Solana did take a bit of a dump. I think it dumped around 5% off this news. It's about 20% of, of 15 to 20% of Solana's market cap. Mm. But if they're smart, they're going to do this strategically over time anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, the three biggest holdings are Solana, Bitcoin, and Ethereum. And then the other ones I've got is APT, Updos, Doge, Tron, Matic, Ripple and BNB, mm. very minuscule amount of BNB. So, yeah, this caused a bit of a shakeout, didn't it, guys? Mm. Yeah, but you know, I'm sure that they'll um, they'll work on a strategy to release those tokens back into the market over time. It will potentially suppress price, but um, you know, hopefully uh, not for too long. Next one. This has happened over the last four or five days. The SEC has gone after this Stoner Cats project. I remember this one from a few years ago and mainly for its connection with Milikunas and Ashton Kutcher because it was – you could buy the rights to – it was a TV show, a cartoon Stoner Cats show. I think they only produced a couple of episodes and um, Miller and Ashton were the voices of the cats. I think Jane Fonda was also one of the voices. So the SEC has charged a project for conducting an unregistered NFT offering that raised $8 million. And one of the arguments the SEC used was that the entire the entity promoted the potential for its NFT prices to increase in the secondary market, similar to all NFTs. So Stoner Cats agreed to pay a $1 million penalty and to destroy all NFTs in its possession, um, but they did not have to admit that it was guilty of the charges. So setting precedent there, so I'm not sure if that was the best way to go for them. Um, And the SEC, you know, are really going for different projects at the moment. This wasn't the first one in recent weeks. So one to watch here. I know Elliot uh, from our marketing team, who you guys see sometimes on our Instagram page, sent an article around talking about the SEC going after NFT projects and um, Guy from the Coin Bureau also made a big um, statement about it recently that he's slightly concerned. What are your thoughts, Blake? Mm. Well, I think there's a big lesson here. Don't sell cryptographic assets to Americans. (laughs) Stay the hell away (laughs) and you'll be fine. (laughs) Well said, honestly, well said. Um, But yeah, speaking of the Coin Bureau, Bureau, Bureau. Yeah, you ran into them, right? I did. I saw Guy walk past on day one. I didn't get to stop him. And day two, I did. And you know what's really weird? Because it was no retail, no one else really recognise him, was really chatting to him. Yeah. And so I did, though. I went up and had a chat with him. No one else was chatting to me either. (laughs) No one else was chatting to you either. Like, do you not know who we are? (laughs) Oh, so funny. To be fair, a couple of people did. But Guy was so lovely and I've got to say, yeah, he was just super nice. Took a photo with him, which I'll chuck in the um, Facebook community. Super nice guy. So I spoke to him for about, you know, five minutes, happy to take a photo. And, um, yeah, again, really, really pleased with that interaction. Didn't ask him for some under-the-table alpha? No, didn't. We just talked about the market and how happy he was to be over here and, you know, bragged about the podcast, told him he has to come on one day. So maybe we can make that work, folks. Yeah, oh, that would be good. Wouldn't would it be, be good? good? And before we go on with our next story, which is Craig's favourite thing to talk about, we need to go to an ad break. We'll be back. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious podcast. And like I mentioned, friend tech is Craig's favorite right now. He was early on this a few weeks ago and won't stop talking about it. Why should we listen to you about FriendTech, Craig? Well, it has continued to gain steam over the past couple of weeks. Did have a few weeks of cooling off. As we know, it's a platform that permits users to monetize their social media presence. So when we covered it three or four weeks ago, the total value locked was at $5 million. Now it's at $36 million. When we covered it last time, we said they earned $1 million in fees. They've now earned over $20 million. Wow. Um, mm. Last time they had 100K users. Now they have 400K users. So guys, this is going up hockey stick growth. Yeah, so we thought that only the top influencers on there would be the ones to make money and not us as users, which is why I kind of walked away from it. It was like, I'm never going to make money on this, so why would I bother, right? Well, I think when we covered it before, it was not really any big accounts were finding any alpha. There wasn't really any use cases. But since then, three really big crypto influencers, um, Racer, Kobe, and Haskar Trades, they're all known for just sharing their ideas in the market, sharing trade ideas on Twitter. They're now only posting on FriendTech. And they're saying on their Twitter, you know, buy my key for you know, my market commentary. And these guys have earned over 200K each in the last few weeks, 200K USD each. So it sort of asks, it begs the question, why would these influencers post on Twitter anymore? So let me get this right. I was following Kobe for free, loving a bit of his content. Now all of a sudden, I can't follow him anymore unless I pay to on FriendTech. Well, you can follow him, but he's not posting on Twitter. That's what I mean. Twitter, so now I'm like, he's, he's yeah. dead to me. I'm like, I'm not paying. He's dead to you. He's dead to me. Yeah. How dare exactly. he? <laughs> so people are paying, you know, Kobe, his key got up to 4 ETH, Racer's key got up to 8.8 ETH, and Haskar Trey has got up to 5.5 ETH. So now, you know, this is like serious dollars. This seems very crypto-centric though. Like is this filtering out into non-crypto world? Well, you know, well, I'll put it into a few group chats, Trace, and mm-hmm, there's sure you did. a little birdie that mentioned that the friend tech BDMs are trying to get musicians and people of pop culture onto the platform. So when that happens, that's obviously going to be a game changer. But right now, we're only seeing crypto influencers get serious uptake. Mm, I suppose. They, but the crypto people have got information that you want. Like if I can go chat with a basketball, I don't know how much really cool information, you know, LeBron's going to give me. That's true. Know? Yeah. But it's almost, you know, they've gotten the app there, an airdrop section. So, it's guys, it's probably worth just jumping on, 
having a play around with the 50 bucks, you might get an airdrop one day. Mm. And Craig will definitely have a code for you. My God. Yes, I will, I will put, <laughs> we'll put my code in the show notes. We will not be doing that. Okay, let's move on to the next story, Blake. <laughs> so the next story is about Telegram. And for those that don't know, it's an encrypted messaging app that's very popular. I think they have around 700 million active monthly that users. Many? Yeah, that many. That wow. many. 700 wow. million. Wow. Active monthly users. Wow. So Telegram famously undertook an ICO in 2018 uh, and they raised over a billion dollars. Madness. But you know, the SEC was not happy about this. They put a pause on those funds being used and then they had to redistribute them back um, a couple of years later to the people that participated in that ICO. Now they've found a pathway. You know, I don't know how it's been funded. Maybe it's been it's been fu- like funded a different way. But um, the Ton Foundation has been established, and they're working with Telegram, um, and they provide the infrastructure and the promotion of an in-app wallet for cryptocurrency. Now I've seen this. Um, mm. It's really easy to use, uh, and it basically turns Telegram into not just a messaging app, but a very efficient and easy to use payments platform for everyday people to send money to one another. And a simple example of this is, you know, if I want to spend you know, $10 to somebody to split dinner with, I'll be able to do it through the Telegram app. So yeah, they were at Token 2049. Um, you know, they're putting a lot of effort into promoting their product. And the wallet that you know, can be activated within the Telegram app is being developed by the Ton ecosystem. Yeah, so it's really exciting to see this come to market. And these are really the things that I think are going to create mass adoption in the next cycle. You know, once you have, you know, really in a couple clicks, you can have a a crypto wallet and then start sending crypto around very, very simply. I think uh, it's going to change the landscape entirely. So, yeah, what do you you guys think of this one? I've actually got the wallet. Yeah. Uh, Me and Ben, who's um, one of our directors at Bamboo, when we were over at Blockchain Week in Sydney, the Ton representative, a really nice uh, lady came and chatted with us and she grabbed our phone and said, are you guys one of the first to have it and downloaded it for us? So Mm. I had a little play. It's really simple. Um, She transferred it a couple of ton to us. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, like you said, well, with that many users, I didn't. I had no idea it was that many. Mm, yeah, that's, exactly. Uh, so yeah. that's insane. <laughs> These are the things that are going to move the needle, right? Mm. Uh, and following on from that, there's also a pilot happening for a Web three experience um, in collaboration with Circle, and uh, we've spoken about Circle previously. They produce the USD stablecoin, and they've teamed up with Grab, which is the competitor to Uber in Asia. Uh, and I think Grab have like something like six hundred million people that use the app and they're testing Web3 services for an in-app um, wallet. And they've also done a partner with Polygon to do NFTs in the app. Polygon again. So, mm. you know, we're seeing these massive companies with hundreds of millions of daily active users starting to integrate crypto for payments and for other purposes for, for things like NFT vouchers. Circle and, and Grab have done a partnership uh, with the Singaporean uh, Monetary Authority, allowing the use of 
of Singapore pit stop NFT vouchers to be used at the Formula One that was on on the weekend. Yeah, that would have been so cool. You know, so Mm. we're starting to see adoption um, broadly and people don't need to know that it's an NFT or that they're even using crypto to participate in the ecosystem. And when we can turn on hundreds of millions and if not billions of people, uh, I think we're going to see fundamental changes uh, in you know, the dynamics of the ecosystem. Those two stories then, like that's over a billion users being exposed to a crypto product. Exactly right. If this news drops in a bull market, I think, you know, this probably moves the market, especially for Polygon and the TON token. Um, but these, yeah, these integrations are actually... They're happening. They're there. Yeah. So. Well, the thing is, no longer does the news just move the market. We're going to see the volume coming through these products moving the market. Yeah. I've got another interesting one, guys. So Yuga Labs, which is the crew that bought CryptoPunks, they have bought Ape Yacht Club, ApeCoin, all that jazz. We covered them a lot in the bull market. They're actually releasing a documentary on CryptoPunks. Here it is. That set of nine CryptoPunk NFTs sold for $17 million, which was roughly double what people had expected, right? The NFT community went wild saying that price was too low. One of those was a was a rare alien. And Jay-Z's Twitter handle right now is a crypto punk. If you talk about like society, brand, culture, what matters. They have one year of rent paid or a crypto punk. Probably the crypto punk. Um, so how do you sort of separate the wheat from the chaff? The first episode of this will be released on October 10th and it will provide an understanding of one of the most culturally significant NFT collections in history. So I actually wanted to put this to you guys. Yuga Labs, obviously very busy um, releasing documentaries. They're releasing the other side metaverse game. They're about to release another game coming up in the next few months. It's been smashed by the bear market. Oh, the eight coin is down. So down. Yeah. 95%. They raised half a billion in the bull market, they have over 160 employees and they're hiring. Guys, what do you think about the Yuga Labs comeback? Do you think they've just sort of not looked after their community or do you think this could be a comeback story in a few years? If anyone of the, you know, blue chips in air quotes from the uh, NFT space of the of the highs is going to make a comeback, it's going to be these guys because they have got enough money in the kitty to do it. I do think that they have been a little bit negligent of their community and with regards to their, their promises, I don't think they have been as... Um, I, think, I don't think they've looked after them enough. I think they, you know, have spent probably a little bit too much time working on these other things and maybe not pandered to them and kind of kept them as engaged as they could have. Mm. But, you know, if they're hiring, they had all that money in the kitty. So we'll see. Uh, like I said, if anyone's going to be able to do the comeback as Yuga Labs purely on, you know, the amount of cash that they've got there. So thought starter, guys, could be worth sussing out soon. Mm, possibly. Might not be. Who possibly. knows? Remember me and you looked at a bit of that land, didn't we? Well, glad we didn't buy it at the time. It's probably Yeah, probably I, do, I do remember briefly flipping a piece of land, but... You know, these board apes of 100 ETH at the top, now down to 20 ETH-ish. Oh, gosh. Mm. Um, still expensive, mm. but yeah. very interesting to see when it will start to move again, we'll if it to, starts to move again. Just have to hold. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to some Binance news now. And honestly, Binance has yeah, at least a couple of stories a week in the news at the moment. 
unfortunately, most of them are not good. And in this last week, we've seen the CEO resign plus one third of the staff in the US. And it's getting to the pointy end with a fight against the SEC. So the SEC uh, have demanded that they cooperate and they're likening the investigation at the moment to navigating a house of mirrors. They have accused Binance US of half-hearted claims of uh, irrelevance, prejudice and burden in recent court documents. Last June, we know that they hit Binance, Binance US and the CEO, CZ, with a hefty lawsuit alleging that they violated security laws. And it's been back and forward with Binance since then, basically fighting over the SEC wanted some documents uh, and CZ's basically saying what they wanted was unreasonable and the SEC are now saying with this recent exodus of employees, they're walking out with a lot of information and that it's critical to their claims. So they're wanting to push it to kind of get uh, results in the next few weeks. So just another chapter in the Binance saga and we'll see. I just wonder why Binance would want to be in the US anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, It does not surprise me they've gotten rid of a third of their employees. You know, it's been nothing but drama for them for it feels like a year now. But, you know, the other side of that is how many red flags can there be in a business before something starts to Mm. unravel? But yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, it's a complicated business. Those guys are global from day one. Yeah, they've got a thriving business in places like Africa and other places. Yeah, they're they're thriving in in most regions except Mm. the US, Australia and and Canada and a couple of other places. But they're they're the biggest and it's complicated. It's a massive, massive undertaking. You know, I think they do four times the volume of Coinbase, for example, uh, and they're definitely by far the biggest. Um, And I have um, no doubt that's extremely challenging to manage. Um, so, yeah, you know, a lot of the staff um, in the US, particularly the executives, uh, are getting a lot of pressure to, um, to leave uh, Binance because, um, because of various reasons. And, and that's kind of, we're starting to see that more and more. But we just see a hostile environment. And that's just not for Binance. They're just an easy target. Mm. That's for all crypto businesses. You know, we know the Biden administration doesn't want to support crypto and will do anything to, you know, discourage the industry yeah. uh, and put pressure through, you know, whatever means possible. And Binance is, is a very easy target for them. You know, Chinese founded, uh, mm. you know, mm. biggest business in the world. Yep. And it's just a punching bag for them. Mm. We'll leave it there for this week. There's plenty of other stories, but we just don't have the time. But join us again next week. There's bound to be a heap more news. And just a reminder, if you're looking to DCA into crypto market, please use the Bamboo app, the code CURIOUS for $10 of free Bitcoin to get you started. Details in the show notes below. Please follow us on social media via the Crypto Curious Instagram page or join us on the Facebook group and hit the subscribe button wherever you are listening to the podcast now. If you'd like to get in contact, please do so via the podcast podcast at getbamboo.io. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll be back again next week. Bye for now. See you guys. See you guys. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs 
and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 